Welcome to Freed Up. This is the podcast space where life feels lighter. You know, sometimes life can have us feeling worn out and weighed down, locked up and left out, or just simply looking for more. And if that sounds like you, then you are in the right place. You can live freed up and not fed up. Well, today's episode is the continuation of our conversation with Brennan Superman Steele, the author of Breathe, a guided healing journal for black men. I hope you enjoy the second part of this conversation. Today, we're going to dig a little bit deeper into Brennan's book. We talk about the power of story and owning your own story. So stay locked in. We'll be right back in a moment. All right, Frida fam, we are back to finish up this conversation with Brennan Steele, um, our Superman for Frida, who <laughs> has decided to sign on for yet another episode with us. Um, I wanted to start this episode off and just um, dig a little deeper. And there is a, a statement in here as you kick off what you call the game plan, which is this is how we're going to get this 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 healing going, right? And it says, breathing as a Black man is an act of resistance. Yeah. Every day you breathe, every day you wear your crown, and every day you shine your light, you threaten to shut the world around you. Um, I, I really wanted to kind of just think about this term, breathing is an act of resistance. Yeah. So talk about that. Yeah. Yeah, no, it was. So I'll give you the backstory um, from where how that like I feel like the Holy Spirit gave me that <laughs> that um, phrase. But I this is right after the uh, murder of Ahmaud Arbery, um, and so you know, he was running um, and got got shot while running. And I shortly after that, like still trying to process like emotions from everything that had been happening. Um, I took a run and I normally don't run, <laughs> but I was like, I need to do something yeah. like in the house because of COVID. So let me just run by the river uh, where I live. And so I ran and I was running over this bridge um, and I just got really winded. <laughs> so I just took, I just stopped and just like took a breath and I just like, <sighs> and then I just, it just hit me. I just like, wow. Mm. Like the fact that I am merely just breathing um, right now um, in light of Ahmaud Arbery, in light of George Floyd, in light of all of the um, countless murders of, of Black men, Black people is is like my resistance. Like mm. I don't know necessarily else what I, was, I can do right now. I don't know like how I can change the minds of, of hateful people, <laughs> but I know that like I can keep living. I know that I can keep mm. showing up as myself, I can keep showing up as fully um, me, and I am continually like doing the thing that those people who are hateful don't want me to do, and that's yeah. living. I, yeah, I think it, it just is like it just clicked for me, and I'm just like, okay, like let me, I'm gonna keep doing what I'm doing. Um, so yeah, that's kind of where that came from. Yeah, I, you know, and I actually read part of this wrong, so I'm gonna go back and reread it with my readers on. Okay. Um, <laughs> So breathing as a black man is an act of resistance. Every day you breathe, 
Every day you wear your crown and every day you shine your lights, you threaten to stun the world around you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I want to make sure I get that that correct, get that accurately out there, because that um, the fact that you even, I think, addressed who the black man is, um, one who wears a crown, one who is shining their lights, one who is breathing, one who's resisting every day. I think that's so powerful um, and such great imagery to put that in there. And interesting that it came after the Ahmaud Arbery death. For sure, for sure. Thank you. So that's the beginning of the game plan. So talk a little bit about your game plan, how your book is laid out. And and if someone has not gotten your book yet, they will. Um, <laughs> but but give them a little overview of what they can expect. Yeah, yeah. I think so. There's um so there's three phases. So like three like so three goals slash themes. Um. So like the the purpose of the journal is to reclaim your story. Um, it's also to understand your identity as a black man, um, mm-hmm. and understand, and then also like start to develop your emotional intelligence. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so the way that I structured it, um, in terms of three phases is the first phase is a guided journal. So it's about 30 days or is 30 days. And each day you kind of go through one of those three themes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's, it's a activity. It's a set of questions. It's kind of like, it's like a workbook in the first part, it's kind of like get your, your um your palette wet when it comes to writing um because i know like some people have never written before like that or never written about themselves in that way so i wanted it to be as like gradual release as possible i'm a teacher so i think about (laughs) (laughs) gradual release and almost everything that i do (laughs) um and then the second phase is kind of once you've gotten a sense of just like yourself and writing um Mm -hmm. it's more of a um, free write um, and so there are questions if you want to use them, but also uh, you can um, do write about whatever you want, whether it's your day, whether it's something that's been bothering you, mm-hmm. whether it's an entry you did a few days ago that you want to go back to. Uh, and then the last se- uh, phase is it's just one day. So the first phase is 30 days. The second phase is two weeks. So 14 days and the last day phase is one day. And it's you're writing your story from from start to where you are now. Mm-hmm. Um, and the idea around that is like I started out kind of the first entry is about your story um, and like reclaiming your story um, because mm-hmm. you think about so many black men who are murdered are reduced to a hashtag and the net and like the narratives of society that go along with that hashtag. Um, and so kind of starting there and ending there, like now you've done kind of like a lot of work about your life, who you are, where you come from, where you want to go. So like, let's write your story. So at least you have owned it and you have reclaimed it before anyone else can say otherwise. Um, I think the other piece that is like a really important piece of it is I I ask that re, uh, writers identify their emotion every day. That's mm-hmm. kind of like the first thing you do daily as a way to kind of start flexing that muscle. Because yeah. I even get into into the pattern now where I haven't really thought about how I felt in a few days. <laughs> it's not just it's not something that's like natural for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, just trying to get that as a practice as well. Those that's a general overview. Yeah, so good. I mean, I, I when I previewed this book, I was like, whoa! I love the way that you structured it. 
Um, I wasn't even thinking about the teacher piece, just like the, the learning theory. You got all that down. See, that's, that's why I respect educators. I'm telling you, we, we therapists your minds. Um, but I, the one of the parts that really just jumped out to me was the, the story and the narrative, because you're right. We have been told a story and a narrative about who we are as a people yeah. and that that has gone into some of these um, unprocessed and repressed emotions. And so just the combination of, you know, the emotional intelligence, understanding the breath work and, and, um, and then bringing story out, I think was just very brilliant. And I would imagine that you've probably heard back from people who maybe even your dad, who's yeah. um, completed their story. Is there a particular story of someone that you've heard that you think this was something shared with me and it was just something that encourages me to keep pushing this book into the hands of black men and black boys. Man, it's been, there's been so many stories. It's just been a blessing. Um, I think there, I mean, there's been there's stories of people that are proximate to me. So like I said, that like my dad went through it. Um, and I think that that probably hit the most because similar to what we were talking about in the the last episode, like the, the impact of like my dad affirming me is just huge. <laughs> um, yeah. and we didn't have the best relationship growing up um, primarily because like he wasn't able to process his own emotions and hadn't really dealt with things in his life. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he wasn't very, he was always, he was there, grew up in a two parent household, but he wasn't always very present. Um, mm-hmm. And so like for him to go through it, was probably like like the ultimate affirmation of who I am. <laughs> and then yeah. to like tell me like, yo, like I was a little nervous at first, but I I I feel like I've dealt with things that I've never told anybody before. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that was just like huge. I think another story I think about is one of my coworkers who went through it and he uh kind of we have this moment where we share gratitudes every Friday with staff members. Um, and he likes like Brandon, like your journal, like has transformed my life. Mm. Um, it's been good for my wife. It's been good for my daughter and my unborn daughter. He has a daughter due in the summer. Um, and so, yeah, I think the last one that I'll share is there was, there was someone who messaged me on, on Instagram and said that she had sent it to, um, I think it was, her boyfriend, it might have been her brother, but I think it was her boyfriend in in who was in um, jail um, and mm. been going through it. And she said he's like just been really enjoying it, and it's been really like transformational for him as he's been behind bars. Um, and that was just like whoa! I never in a million years of met a picture that that reach that it would have. Um, and so yeah, it's definitely been a blessing as people been reaching out to me and let me know how it's been going for them. Well, I um, know it's hard when you put something because you're you're when you're in the work phase of everything and especially, uh, you know, someone like yourself who was very humble and you just wanted to to really fulfill the purpose and the call that I have in your life. Mm-hmm. We don't necessarily think about, hey, where is this going to go and how is it going to you know affect people? You're just kind of walking in that, that space of obedience. And I saw this on Instagram myself. And I can't remember, I was following a particular group and then you popped up, you know, how when you have like a similar and it popped up and I just clicked on, hmm, breathe, breathe. (laughs) I was like, wait a minute. And I clicked on it and I ordered it right off. 
Yeah. So it was my first thing. And then I picked up a couple of copies and gave um, a couple away for, for gifts. Um, oh, holiday cool. time. And then I just said, man, this is something that I want to gift to some people who are working with a group of black boys and black men, mm-hmm. because it was that impactful. And, you know, and being in a therapeutic space, I see a lot of things, but it was something about, I think just the, the way that you had outlined the book yeah. and the opportunity to, to share story, right. um, not just journaling, but to really share story. And I think one of the notes that I wrote for myself here that I stuck in your book was, um, I probably probably put my readers on again this time so I can make sure I read my own, <laughs> <laughs> my own note, but I put about story. It's yours. No mm. one can take that away from you. You own that. And, and that's the note that I wrote because that's so empowering, even in itself. And I think that's one of the things about this that just leaped out to me um, mm-hmm. is that that black men and black boys will get to write their own story about who they are. Mm-hmm. And that is something no one can take from them. Not yeah. not any, you know, violence, not any kind of law or policy, not any perceived stereotypes, but your own story is yours and you get to own that. That just gives me chills right now, even saying it. (laughs) That's huge. I think that that was probably the primary goal. Uh, I think from my own story of like my own journey of kind of owning my story um, and really understanding it uh, to, like I said, the seeing so many black men's story kind of taken, like not taken from them, but rewritten in a negative light um, mm-hmm. to offer a space for, for, for that, for sure. Yeah. Very, very good. Very powerful. And the other piece of this is that you set it up. So, you know, one of the things that we talk about in therapeutic work is we really work from what we call the bottom up. So we understand that, you know, and get into the, the, the head space, the, uh, what we call the prefrontal cortex part of the brain to get into that thinking space um, in order to do that, you really have to have done some pre-work because a lot of what we're experiencing by way of, of having experienced trauma, which most Black men in this country have, Black boys as well, it's helping get the body, the nervous system prepared to even get into the thinking space right. um, to begin to, to talk about it. And so by you doing this journey and this process, you've got the um, the breathe piece, the emotional intelligence piece, and it's the checking in with emotions. So you're getting that the body prepared to write the story. And so again, just, you know, brilliant work on your part, um, which is again, why I really like your journal. I keep plugging this. I'm going to just pause for a second and say, okay, y'all listening. We're going to put all this information in the episode description. Um, but the book is Breathe, a guided healing journal for black men by Brennan Steele. So I just want to throw that out there since we've been talking about the book and I didn't say the title on the front end. So I, we're almost near our time to wrap, but I've got really just, I think a couple more questions in. One of them is because Freed Up really started targeting um, women and then the audience began to grow. And I would have men reach out and say, I'm listening to the podcast. I'm like, okay. So, um, you know, because the information is, you know, anybody could take it and and apply it. Um, But there are still quite a few women that listen to Freedom. So I'm curious about, you know, you're getting ready to get married. Um, 
I'm sure there is something that your fiance would say. This is one of the things about Brennan that I appreciate so much by way of his mental health. What would she say about you that impacts her, that is helping her to feel connected to you? Uh, what's that thing for for the woman? What does she need from her man? And what are you bringing to? See, I'm not trying to get in your business, but really, like, what is it that stands out for her? <laughs> uh, yeah. So I think I think she'd say that I am able to clearly articulate how I'm feeling um, about any given situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if I'm not able to clearly I like communicate in that moment, I'll express that. Cause like I, I need a moment. I need some time to process. Uh-huh. I think something that we found it's funny that I think is kind of uh, transferable to other of our friends, married friends, and couple friends. Like her brain has got a, a bunch of tabs up at all times, and everything is connected, <laughs> and everything can she can go 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 go. Whereas like I feel like so she might be like high speed internet like a MacBook and I'm still on dial up a lot of times. <laughs> so like I have a tab will be opening and only half the page will be there. And it takes a few more minutes for the rest of the page to load, but it's just on that one topic. That's a man thing. <laughs> That's a man thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so, but like, I think like when we have disagreements and we have like situations, I mean, even in wedding planning, it's a very, can be very stressful. <laughs> um, uh-huh. Like I am able for the most part, to tell her, yo, I felt like that hurt me, um, or this makes me feel like uh, unloved. This makes me feel disrespected. This makes mm-hmm. me feel um, like sad, angry, whatever it is. Like mm-hmm. I can, I can identify the emotion so that I'm not just acting the type of way, not able to explain it, or I'm not just. Um, completely shutting down or being passive um, mm-hmm. in my emotions. Um, and so I think that like, she'll say that it she's something that she really likes, but it also pushes her because uh, <laughs> it pushes her to know more specifically why she feels the way she feels uh, because like, I'm going to have expressed pretty clearly how I'm feeling at a certain point. And so we got to be at the same level with that. Uh, and it, it definitely like, I think because of that, like we don't, we are able to have very healthy communication. Um, mm-hmm. We're able to understand each other. We don't have like, I don't feel like we argue in a way that is disrespectful or um, like. I think we're very like we have a, a a healthy healthy start to our to our future marriage. Yeah. No. So that's that's good. Um, so it's just like if I were to reflect that back, it would be that the the stronger, the higher your emotional quotient, your emotional intelligence quotient, mm-hmm. the the likely that the stronger the relationship can be um, right. between between two people, um, and just even not we didn't say, we didn't say perfection. No, nope. <laughs> we didn't say not continuing to develop, yeah. but the more that that emotional ability to um, to release and to emote, the more that that's there and the more that that begins to build in the authenticity, respectfully, of course, then the, you know, the stronger that connection can be. Right. right. And that, that's important. It is. Oh, wow. So, okay. So this is the last thing in, um, you know, your book, of course, is for Black men. And we've been talking mostly about um, 
mental health at the intersection of faith and race and mental health today. We have listeners that are not people of color and they are not black. And so I'm curious as to what you would say to them um, in by way of some kind of either encouragement or some way to bring awareness to what black men's mental health is about. And you've done that, you know, in such a great way. But what would you say to um, our white brothers and sisters that are listening Mm -hmm. by way of how do you support, how can they support this development of black men in mental health? Yeah. Yeah. I think um, one thing would to be, would be to like recognize the, the common ground that we have as humans um, Mm. that just like you are like processing or having a set of emotions about a situation. Like we are also having those emotions Mm -hmm. Uh, recognizing that it might not show up the same way. Um, So like, whereas my response may feel a little bit more angry and intimidating and yours is more like sad or, or crying. Like this is just the way that I have, um, responded to whatever situation has happened. Um, yeah. I think yeah. empathy is so important there, um, where like you, even if it's not the same situation happening to both of us, like if I am responding um, or I'm struggling to respond <laughs> to a situation, like the first thing should be like, yo, what would I, how would I respond to that situation? Or mm-hmm. where, and also, um, kind of reflecting on where do I feel freedom to emote? Where Mm -hmm. do I feel freedom to um, uh, express whatever emotions in whatever way I do? And how do I have that freedom? And so then as I'm looking at the Black men that I might work with or that I might be in community with, like where are they trying to access that um, that same freedom that I have? Um, And so... Yeah, I think those are the things that I'd say. I think it, it, but ultimately just comes down to like, we are all, we are all human (laughs) and we all, God gave us the ability to emote. That's Um, right. And we all need the freedom to be able to tap into that. Yeah. I mean, you you said it so well, just, you know, God breathed into all of us that same way. Just like he has Mm -hmm. emotions, we all do. And so just being aware of that and then being accepting, like I just feel like this was a big part of what you said, accepting of the fact that we emote differently and yeah. that's okay. And clearly we, we emote differently for a lot of different reasons, but being able to accept that um, is, is so powerful. This has been so good. And I've learned a lot from you and I know our listeners have, I know they appreciate this. They're going to just play it over and over this episode. (laughs) They can keep going back. I always say this to the Freed Up family. You know, we put a lot in these in just short periods of time. So you got to go back and listen to it a few times. And of course, if you missed the first episode with um, Brennan, you need to go back and listen to that. A lot of really great nuggets and some good stuff in there. But Brennan, thank you. Honored to have you here. Y'all make sure y'all go out and get Brennan's book. You can get it on Amazon. It is, again, Breathe, a guided healing journal for Black men. You can follow Brennan on Instagram as well. Brennan, your handle is what on there? It's Breathe Brother, B-R-O-T-H-A. Breathe Brother. And um, I know I follow him and he puts on a lot of um, IG stories and gives affirmations and just does some short 
video clips to give you encouragement through certain days. So if you're not following him on Instagram, you need to do that. And um, Brennan, we'll have to have you come back at some point whenever, mm-hmm. after you're married, had the honeymoon, <laughs> had about a good year under your belt and um, come back and give us the Breathe Brother episode post-married. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be a good one. And I can't uh, wait to have you back for it. Yeah, everybody's waiting for me to write the next version for married married men. (laughs) You will have plenty to say, I assure you. Well, thank you again so much. Ah, good stuff, right? You know, I couldn't help but think, as Brenda and I have been talking over these last two episodes, just how powerful his humility is and that God gave him this plan that we talked about in the episode today to really help men, in particular Black men, understand the power of their breath, the power of resilience, and most of all, the impact of their story. The book title, the description, and the link to get it on Amazon. It's $14. So easy to purchase. Get this book as a gift and give it to the men in your life. Get it for yourself so you can see what it's all about. Well, y'all, listen, this is the end of our men's series on mental health. We've had five amazing episodes. I want to thank Von Eaglin our licensed professional counselor expert that was on. I want to thank Mike for sharing his story. And Brennan, I want to thank you. Well, we'll be back as always in the next couple of weeks. So remember y'all, you do not walk this path alone. I'm walking right alongside you, along with the rest of the Freed Up family. God loves you. I love you. And make sure you take care of you. <laughs>